When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Five months ago, everyone said the number one pick in the draft is going to be the kid who plays in Kingston. Five months later, most are saying it's the kid from Slovakia. He's the one who's really coming on and has played really well against men. And now as the draft approaches, some are saying, is it possible that it's going to be the American kid who, according to some experts, is the one with the most upside? Is there a reason why the Canadians are talking less about him than they are the others? Is there a job of misdirection going on here? Are they trying to play everyone? Was Kent Hughes serious when he said that he and his staff still don't know who they're going to pick with the first pick overall? And if that's true, does it actually put question marks around who that player is going to be and will put doubt in that player's mind. We try and dissect every single thing that was said at that press conference between Kent Hughes and Vinny LeCavalier with one guy who's great at dissecting things. He's Brian Wild of Global TV Montreal, and he joins me on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero, the sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. This one comes in uh, different colors, by the way. It comes in red, it comes in the white, it comes in the black, and it comes in the blue can. And this one here is 7.9% alcohol, but you have some that are 8.6, and you even have one that is 10.6, I believe. Check it out. And, of course, it's brought to you by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Montreal, or the city of Montreal, hosted the draft, which was back in 2009, well, then it's time you go back to Lacage. And I know that Lacage at the Bell Center is completely sold out on Thursday, July 7, because we're going to have the sickest draft party that there will be that Montreal has ever seen and ever known at Lacage on Thursday night at six o'clock prior to the draft and throughout the entire first round of the draft as the first round goes on Thursday and rounds two and so on go on Friday. How did we get to this point? Uh, there was not supposed to be much of a debate, not going back five months anyway. It was the kid who plays in Kingston. It was number 51. It was Shane Wright. And then Yuri Slavkowski had a real good Olympics, and then he had a real good world championship. And Shane Wright, you know, his game got dissected left, right, and center. 
and all of a sudden um, he lost some votes and Yuri Slavkowski picks him up. And now Logan Cooley and Kent Hughes says that the decision is between the three players, right? Slavkowski and Cooley. And the Canadians still don't know who they're picking. Yesterday, I thought they were saying the truth when they said that. Today, I'm not even sure. Let me ask my buddy, Brian Wild. How well, you doing, bud? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, the answer for me on that is they are keeping their cards close to the vest because that's the smartest thing that they can do yeah. because it makes no sense to reveal your position uh, because it weakens your position. And not just for this time, but any time. So if you have like a habit of revealing your cards in this scenario, you only set up the intelligence for someone who is your competitor in the next scenario. So it's not just for today they're being silent because yeah. it's smart, but anytime you open yeah. yourself up and reveal your uh, nature of negotiating, yeah. your nature of bargaining, your nature of thinking, you tell your GM or your foe or your agent or your trading partner how you behave in the future. So it's not just this time they're trying to be close to the vest, it's every time they need to be close to the vest. Why? Because that's just the smartest way to go about business, yeah. to always keep your opponent guessing. And now we're all guessing. Yeah. And that means that other GMs are guessing too. And that's and Brian, the way it should be. If we can, let's give an example of that. What is Brian talking about? Well, Brian's talking about something like this. The New Jersey Devils have Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer at center. Based on what we're hearing, if they're going to draft a player with the second pick overall, they want Uri Slavkowski because they need a winger more than they need a center, and he could step in and play right away. If the Canadians tell everyone we're going to draft Shane Wright, then New Jersey's comfortable, hey, we're picking Slavkowski at number two. If the Canadians say, we don't know who they're picking and actually whisper in a couple of people's ear, maybe we're leaning towards Slavkowski, that maybe urges New Jersey to pick up the phone and say, hey, by the way, do you want to swap picks? Do you want to do something here? Or are you thinking of taking Slavkowski or don't take him? Because if you leave him to us, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, we'll do something, we'll work something out. Here's another one. By keeping Logan Cooley in the mix, let's just say the guy that Arizona wants with the third pick, is Logan Cooley. Well, if they think the Canadians are going to draft Logan Cooley at number one, they might pick up the phone. So you're right. They're keeping things close to the vest, which is what business people do. It's very smart. But I'm still going to ask you my question anyway. Even though I agree with you on all of that, do you believe them when they say they don't know who they're picking yet? Or do you think no. they know who they're picking? Oh, I think they know who they're picking. How can you not at this stage? We're, we're close to the draft, and they've had a very long time to dissect everything. Uh, I, I, I mean, it would shock me if they didn't know uh, because it makes no sense to not know at this point. Uh, but do I know which one they're taking? It's entirely tea leaf reading, isn't it? Because they've just done a tremendous job of keeping everyone guessing. Everyone is yeah. unsure, and... Um, you know, usually at this point, you have somebody in the media kind of hinting, maybe it's Pierre Lebrun or maybe it's Bob McKenzie. I mean, you at this point, you always have somebody saying, I'm pretty sure that. And right now, you don't even have any of the big boys with any idea who they're going to take. And uh, that that's going to also, and we haven't talked about it, provide quite a lot of excitement for the night in Montreal. And remember, uh, it's a show. It's entertainment. This is the entertainment business. And if you have 20 
1,273 people at the Bell Center not sure who they're going to take. That's a very exciting moment, isn't it? And yeah. that's why we're here, to create excitement. So they're getting it right from that point of view, too. I mean, you can imagine Chantal Maccabee at this point from the other side of the you know this world for the longest time and on the media side saying, wow, yeah. this is fantastic. I used to be on that side. And they're all guessing over there. And the fans are all guessing over there. And now the excitement leading into that night when they get up on the podium and everybody's like, I'm not sure. But here, let me add this very quickly. I have a feeling that the fans who we've been polling a lot, right? They're like 80% want Shane Wright. And I have a feeling there's going to be in the building a Shane Wright, Shane Wright chant. And if they announce someone else, <laughs> that's going to be oh one hell of a moment. Yeah. I mean, if they're chanting for one guy and they make an announcement of another guy, that's going to be one hell of a moment in, in broadcasting history. Yeah. Renault Lavoie of TVS Sports is convinced the guy they like the most is Uri Slavkowski. Um, look, Renault goes way back with Kent Hughes, Vinny LeCavalier, and Marty St. Mm -hmm. Louis. Like yeah. we're talking 20 year, 20 plus years here. Yeah. I think it's something to consider. I agree. I agree. When uh, when I read what he was saying, I was surprised for one thing. He did mention that it would be great because then Slavkowski could be in Laval. So I, I didn't really think that I agreed with his reasoning because, I mean, this is a seven-year asset. You don't sit there and think, oh, I like one guy more than the other because he's going to play in Laval. That's that's ridiculous and stupid. Uh, but on the overall, would I respect what he's saying? Absolutely, because um, if there's going to be a slip-up, uh, Renault is one of the people that's going to get the slip up, if you know what I mean. Renault's going to get the slip up. You're going to get a slip up with yeah. your connections. Pierre Lebrun's going to get a slip up. Bob McKenzie's going to get a slip up. Darren Drager's going to get it. There aren't many guys, but Renault is one of them. So, yeah. yeah. But then again, that could also just be uh, throwing the curve for distraction again, right? That could also be in Renault. Yeah. Play this a little for us because we, we got New yeah. Jersey biting. We got New Jersey there on the hook a little bit here. Yeah. We need the bait just a little bit better because they could give us, you know, their second rounder yeah. if we can get them on the hook here. And if you can get another second rounder from New Jersey because they're worried they're not going to get Slavkowski and yeah. Renault can help that. I mean, so we're all tea leaf reading, right? Yeah. We're trying to figure out all of this. And so um, because they've been so close to the vest and intelligent yeah. about it, we're all guessers here. Yeah. Um, but that's I fun wanna... too. I want to give props to Eric Engels in the last year or two. I think he's done a real good job. Of Absolutely. That. And I should have mentioned him hundred yeah. percent. He's in the milieu. Yeah. He's in the yeah. milieu. 100%. He's uh, he's uh, he's been doing a good job with that. All right. Okay. Yeah. So now how did we get to this point? I mean, five months ago, it was Shane Wright. We weren't talking about anyone else before the Olympics. We weren't talking about anyone else, but Shane Wright. And in these last five months, his game has been dissected and there was a, there was a piece in the Canadian press. I, I think you mm -hmm. saw it where his family talked about it. I mean, they, they had to get off Twitter and stuff like that because everyone is dissecting his game. And at times it looks like he's just not a good hockey player. And I mean, everyone knows that he obviously is a very good hockey player. So what happened here? Well, you know, I mean, everybody, I mean, some people have the ability to talk about, you know, his edges and uh, how quick he gets his release off and stuff like that. But, you know, my ability is more about looking at the numbers between the three players that are in question. And uh, if you forgive the uh, October and November of Shane Wright, 
and start on December 1, he had a point per game of 1.63. If you include the entire season, it's a 1.50. Uh, and that puts, that puts Shane Wright in the mix among the, the top numbers. It's not a McDavid at 2.5, and, and it's not a Kane at 2.1, but it puts him in the top mix of some of the best juniors. It puts him in the mix with Byfield. It puts him in the mix with Jarvis. Uh, it, it puts him in, in a mix of a point per game that is equivalent to the best um, CHL players in the last decade. So when he gets dissected, I think that it's unfair. Uh, because his numbers, while they are not McDavid numbers, they're still very good numbers. And if you'll allow me to continue, I will with Cooley. Uh, Cooley is not Hughes at over two points per game. He's not uh, Cole Caulfield at 1.69. He's not Keller at 1.66. But Logan Cooley in his draft year was 1.50. And that's right in the mix, again, with some of the very best uh, uh, U.S. development program players in their draft year. So here I have right in the mix, and I have Cooley in the mix, among the best in the last 10 years in points per game. Now I have to go to Slavkovsky here because here is where he really does not shine. You've got Barkov at 0.9 points per game, and his draft year is superior. And you have other players that are close. Kaka was 0 0.109 or 0.90 as well. Line A was 0.66. You've got even just Barry Kutkiniemi, who was 0.50 to get his third overall because of what he was able to do. Well, Slavkovsky is 0.33 in his draft year at points per game in Liga amongst his peers like Barkov, like Tara Vinen, like Rantanen, like uh, KK, uh, like Kako. They're all 0.5 and better. He's... 0.33. And even when he was supposed to be surging, which was between his Olympic surge and his world's surge, he got two goals in the playoffs in 18 games. He got seven points. And again, his points per game when he was supposed to be becoming a much better player and surging as the first choice overall in La Liga, still inferior at 0.35 points per game. He's not even in the category of Kotkaniemi. So when you decide he's the first choice overall, Tony, you are deciding that you have decided to evaluate on terms of a superior Olympics when he was the best player, but against 95% of players not even in the National Hockey League. So I do discount that, but I will not discount his Worlds. That was an outstanding performance in the Worlds. He was against a lot of National Hockey League players, which means he was playing against men, and he played very well. So for me, I'm saying to myself, are we really taking a player who was inferior in La Liga to everyone else in his category, including Kotkaniemi, who is hardly a popular player right now in the Montreal area. And we're saying that his worlds, that two weeks that he played so well, is more important than a three-year sampling of Shane Wright when he was the best player in his U18s at 16, missed a year of hockey, comes back, puts in a 1.63, which is, yes, not McDavid, yes, not Kane, but in the next tier down against guys like Jarvis, Perfetti, Byfield. Those are the best numbers. He's right there. Byfield went two. 
You don't understand what I'm getting at here. I that's understand a three, what you're and where, That's a three-year sample. Yeah. Just one outstanding week. That's a, To me, that's a hell of a gamble. That's a hell of a gamble, and we're overvaluing the late surge, just like we did with Kotkaniemi, yeah. when Tchuk had a three-year sample that was outstanding. One sample at university in the Northeast, and one sample with the U.S. Development Program. He had a very nice sample over a very long period of time, and yeah. instead we valued the late surge. And I think we're valuing the late surge again, and that's why I'm right over Slavskowski. And but then again, I'm going to say to you, I'm not a guy who's saying this guy's got the best edges or the best shot. I'm just looking at those totals, yeah. and they don't stack up. If he's so amazing, why did he get two goals in 18 playoff games in Liga? Yeah, well, because once again, <clears throat> the argument will be that he's a 18-year-old playing versus 25-year-old men. But right, I get it. right, Tony. But okay, then let's there, say there that. are examples. Then, then why, did Kine, why did Why did Kanyemi do better? Why did Barkov you. do better? They were also playing men. No, why no, did no, Raymond no. do point five? Why did Lainey do point seven five? They were all playing men too. They yeah. were all playing men. Kent Hughes said something yesterday, which sounded like it was encouraging for Wright when he said. We're not going to go by the last year. I've seen Shane Wright play for the last three or four years, and he rattled off a bunch of tournaments that he saw him play at. When he said that, that's that sounded right like people. he was taking Shane Wright. But then yeah. later on, he talked about, you know, we're not looking at who's the better player at 18. We're going to look at who's the better player at 22, 24, 26. That sounded like it was more of a right or Cooley debate, and Slavkovsky's not in it. Uh, let me let me interrupt yeah. there because that sentence to me that you just said, you know, when yeah. somebody says that kind of thing, we're looking yeah. out. That sentence is basically saying, "Which guy do I think has the most upside?" Yes, that's and what most, that sentence it, is really saying. And I know you. And that's Cooley. That's Cooley. And and that's that's Cooley. I went for beverages last night. All right. Mm -hmm with a gentleman who works for an NHL team, okay, mm -hmm. who's going to be at the draft table, all right? Mm -hmm. and, and we talked, and I said, um, who do you think the Canadians are going to take? And he said, I, I, I think they're leaning towards Slavkovsky. And I said, all right. And he said, My, it's, 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 it, honestly, it's one of those years where I wouldn't want to have the first pick. You almost would feel better having the second pick and make someone else take the decision of going of picking that first pick. And then, and I, and I said to him, I said, what are your comparables? And he said, um, and we didn't talk about right in this. When I asked him about the comparables, we talked about Slavkowski and Cooley. And he said, my comparable for Slavkowski is Rantanen. And I said, what's your comparable for Cooley? He said, Trevor Zegris. Uh, two pretty, pretty good players. Good. Yeah. And you know what? Zegris and Cooley's numbers in their draft year in the USDP were are identical. Yeah. The and same the only, points. The only difference game. between the two, and don't get me wrong, because I don't want to make it sound like Rantanen can't do it himself. Rantanen can do it himself, but I think Zegris can do more things by himself than Rantanen. He's less dependent yeah. on a player around him to feed him that puck, right? And and the best of the three as far as being a play driver is Cooley. And the second best play driver would be right. And Slavkowski is not a play driver at all. 
He needs to play with someone who gives him the puck so he can shoot the puck. Uh, he's a good corner battler. And I expect that um, if he ever got on that line that everybody flirts about that he would join, he would be good at battling for the puck and winning the puck, which is something that line needs. Did but you know, as I mean, you know, have... I'm the guy who always says win the middle, win the game. So I'm obviously the guy who's going to want that they take a center. And if they took Wright or Cooley, I would be just fine with it because I really do like that Cooley's numbers stack up against the best uh, um, USDPs in history, except for Hughes, who's uh, in a uh, category all by himself. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, shout out to, to um, uh, sportbuffshop.com where you can pick up your sick merchandise. Take a look at my Emozi 2 now is what I'm wearing right now. Uh, use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. Shop for your sport, uh, your sports licensed apparel, lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, T-shirts of your favorite teams from all major leagues. Isn't that something like you get the first pick overall for the first time in 32 years or whatever it is, and it happens when you're actually the host city and you're going to be hosting the draft and you have a bunch of people from other teams telling you, I wouldn't want to have the first pick this year. I mean, that's... My God, you can't, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. This is crazy. What's going sure. on? Here. Sure. I don't hear you, Brian. It looks like I lost Brian. We're gonna try and get Brian back. Something's going on here. All right, okay. I'll continue until we can get Brian back. It'll give me an opportunity. All right, Brian, we got you back. Are you back, Brian? Okay, Brian's trying to figure it out. In the meantime, I'll talk to you about Betway for the love of the game. Sign up and deposit on Betway. For a 100% deposit bonus, the easiest sports book for Canadians, e-transfers are accepted, and I would imagine the odds are getting tighter and tighter and more and more narrow regarding who's going to be the Canadians' number one pick. It looks like we got Brian back. Brian, we got you back? Yeah, sorry, I got a phone call. I didn't put the do not disturb on. It may ah, happen again. I apologize. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about it, Brian. It's, these things happen when you do podcasts like this. All right, okay, so uh, I was saying it's just crazy, and you said something to me before when they're going to go up to make that pick, the crowd is going to be chanting for right. Yeah. And I could just imagine if the pick isn't right, the way they're going to feel. I mean, they're going to, Kent Hughes said that he's not feel. this is a legacy pick for him. Yeah. And he said, he's not feeling the pressure, man. I'm not him. And I'm in my basement <laughs> in Villa Sal right now. And I, I'm feeling the pressure, man. And I'm, I'm on vacation, by the way, I got the entire summer off. And there are people that believe that they'll take right just because, I mean, it's a new regime and to go off the board, maybe I shouldn't call Slavkovsky going off the board, but you know what I mean? The yeah. popular pick is right. And anybody that's on Twitter that's seen any poll of what the fans want, it's like 85% right every single time. So for them to not do the obvious um, in terms of what the fans believe is the obvious would be one hell of a bold move. It would be so very, very bold. But the weird thing about doing a bold thing yeah. is if it if it's the right thing, then then you're thought of as even more a genius yeah. than if yeah. you just did the thing that was expected of you. But it but at the same time, if you do the super bold thing, and let's call Kotkaniemi in this instance bold, because you know, two months before the draft, he was 28th and he went third. 
Yeah. So, and, but when you do the wrong thing and it's bold, and I think we're in a position now considering his age and how many years that he's been in the league that, that I think we're fairly in getting in safe territory. If we aren't there now of saying that Kotkin Yemi was the wrong thing. Uh, it does not reflect. Yeah. It does not reflect well on you. I, I say that only because Tony, I like to wait until guys are 24, 25. I hear and you. know for sure their development is over, but I mean, if it's not over, gosh, it's got to be pretty soon. The skating stride yeah. hasn't improved. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's, I think know. it's safe to say that Brady Kachuk and Quinn Hugh and Quinn Hughes were better picks. All right. So now let's, let's play this game now. Um, if they draft Slavkowski, he'll be playing with the Canadians next year. Do we agree on that? I think I think all three guys. Uh, well, maybe not Cooley. Cooley would probably go to the University of uh, I believe it's Minnesota. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, probably two, probably the first two. Well, that's the thing that's really bad. If it's Shane Wright, is he, he? He may not be ready, but boy, another season in the Ontario Hockey League—that's the last thing he needs. But he's only played two, Brian. There was one. That it's was it's true, but do you really think that's going to be good for him to play another season in, in the Ontario Hockey League? Do you think he'd be like, oh yeah, I'm fired up for this? I, you know, look, every player, every player is different, right? But I take a look at Nick Suzuki playing four years of junior hockey and then winning a Memorial Cup and being the playoff MVP and leading the league and scoring and stuff like that in the playoffs. It, it, it worked for him. It doesn't mean that that has to be the answer for Shane Wright. Obviously not. You know, what's interesting with Shane Wright is even though I think it's better that if, if they draft him, I think it's better that he goes back to play another year of junior. That's what I would do. I would even play him a year in Europe before I would actually play him with the Montreal Canadiens. That's what I would do. But what's interesting here is Le Cavalier yesterday spoke about him being an 18 year old and going number one in the draft. And they put him on the third line with two really good veterans. Jacques Demers did and put no pressure on him whatsoever and let him breathe and let him do his thing and let him stay on the third line. And he made his way up the ranks slowly, but surely there was no rush. If they draft right, Kent Hughes might be leaning towards sending him back to junior. He may or he may not. But Vinny LeCavalier may say, Kent, I was that kid once upon a time. And you know what? I think we should bring him up. And I think we should put him on a third line. And I think we should play him with two very good veterans. Play him with Brendan Gallagher and play him with, uh, you know, uh, somebody else. And uh, I think Josh also, Anderson. I think it also helps that uh, if they're deciding you know, as a large group, as they promised that they have, that Vincent Le Cavalier has been down this road before, and he'll bring into the mix that uh, you have to have a certain type of mentality to succeed as the number one in an, any market. But in the Montreal market, you have to bring that mentality even more. And you have to know that the guy can respond to pressure, which he's done since, you know, he was called an exceptional player a long, long time ago. Uh, into the Ontario Hockey League. So, I mean, they, this kid's had eyes on him for a long time. And I think Le Cavalier in the mix for deciding it will help uh, Wright be the choice because I think him more than anyone, especially Martin Saint-Louis, who always came from, you know, the shadows to do what he did. Le Cavalier went, came from the spotlight. So he's going to understand what it takes. And I think he's going to like the disposition. And add to this that they've actually been speaking to him and they haven't spoken to the others, though that they said that they would speak to the others. That's the natural answer when you're asked about it that you have to give. 
that you will also speak to the others or you're showing a favoritism that will be revealing. So that was the right answer that the organization made there and saying that they would talk to the other two, but they have only spoken to Wright so far. And I think that makes sense in terms of taking Wright because the last thing you wanna do is establish a rapport and a relationship with someone. And you're doing that, it would seem indicative of the fact you're gonna take him and then say, ah, kid, we were just stringing you along. We're not gonna take you. I think that'd be bad behavior that I don't like yeah. very much. And I think that these are high quality individuals the Cavalier, especially Martin St. Louis, who I've come to really admire. And I don't think he would talk to Shane Wright and develop a rapport with him and uh, spend the time that he has with him and not the other two if they weren't going to take him. But with all of that said, again, I'm just trying to read tea leaves yes. and I could very well be wrong too. Well, listen, I mean, you and I know that Kent Hughes, Vinny LeCavalier, and Marty St. Louis are three great people. I mean, Absolutely. I'm not just saying that. They are Absolutely. very, very good. And, and, and you know what? And, and I don't think they would do that all. either. I don't think they would do that either. But, you know, you can make an argument that if they're just, if they have some kind of hesitation or doubt, they're all trying to talk to them to see if they're all seeing or hearing the same things. Because even though you said if they choose right, the conversation Le Cavalier would have had with him helped because he'll say he knows an answer pressure. But my question to you is, if they don't choose right, is it because they don't think he'll be able to have that kind of upside? Or is it because they'll think that based on the conversations they had, that he won't, that the pressure <laughs> in Montreal will be too much for him? Like he's always had pressure, but, you know, pressure in any other city compared to Montreal it. is not really pressure. Yeah, but I can't see it. I mean, if anyone has shown that they can, it's him because he's already faced it so much. The, yeah. the other two guys are mysteries. This guy is already known in that category. And I'm not suggesting that Slavkovsky or, or Cooley don't have the disposition to handle it. I believe that they would have the disposition to handle it. I don't think it would be an issue. It's just that I know already for one player it's not an issue. And I suspect for the other two it's also not an issue. None of these three yeah. seem like wilting flowers to me at all i suspect all three would excel and then it's going to be a hockey decision and um if they say things like you brought up that he's been watching him for three years then i want to look out into the future for five six years um it obviously doesn't disqualify anyone but it it would indicate to me with the really small sample of excellence that i think slavkowski has that he can't be who he was talking about when he said that sentence all right. Um, second last question okay. for you. Why not try and have two of them? Well, that's, I mean, obviously it's really hard, right? I mean, who are you? Can you imagine you, gonna... you pick two and the other guy's the better one in the end? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you'd like to do that, but I mean, to, to, to make that, I, this is so easy to say and much harder to do. Course, yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a trade to make. And there's there's a reason that hasn't happened since Brian Burke wanted both of the Sedines. Because yeah, it's nearly draft in Boston. Exactly. I was there. I was in attendance. And, and it hasn't happened since because it's nearly yeah. impossible to to achieve. Like, who would New Jersey want? I mean, would, would you dangle Josh Anderson? Probably, but one is a seven-year asset uh, that you start at a salary cap position that is always exciting for an owner and entry a general level. manager, right? Entry level, there's nothing more valuable than entry level hockey players who can shine. So, I mean, even if you like Josh Anderson, it's still not a good trade because he's making $5 million. So 
and 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 not a seven-year asset you know and that's the cap and that's why it doesn't happen is because the best asset in hockey is a seven-year asset that contributes for you as soon as year one that's the best thing you can have he costs you nothing for three years he's already yours and he means you've got money to spend on other guys like josh anderson in ending when kent hughes said yesterday you know, we're, we're asking ourselves a lot of questions like whether or not they'll be able to play this position in the National Hockey League. Who was he talking about? Was he talking about Logan Cooley? You know, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, because I mean, obviously, Cooley be a, a small centerman in the National Hockey League. That's I, besides I think so. great in point. There aren't many, right? So. It led me to believe it was Cooley. Did you get the feeling the same thing? Oh, of, of course, because yeah. I mean, uh, there are very like it's the same thing with one of my favorite players is Lane Hudson, and I hope they take uh, him. But he, I mean, he's he's so tiny that it's you know statistically he won't make the NHL, and statistically Logan Cooley maybe doesn't play center. I mean, even Keller moved over. I mean, it's really, it's really hard to not move over at that size. And you're right, Braden Point is one of the few who didn't. And, um, you know, Spurgeon is one of the few small D that made it. It's, you're an anomaly uh, yeah. if you make it at that size. And that's why I think Shane Wright, again, is, you know, the one who nobody says is going to have problems in a two-way sort of way. He's always compared to Bergeron, for example, uh, but probably doesn't have the uh, 90 to 100 point upside that Cooley has. And I do believe he Cooley has that upside. Uh, and I'm not sure Wright ever gets to that. So um, it's, it's, man, we could go on for hours, right? Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. just that, it's just that tricky. This is fun. The entire next couple of days are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, no shortage of things to talk about over the next couple of days. Will there be? There you have it. There's his Twitter handle, AbbeyWildMTL, just came up on the screen. Call of the Wild for Global TV Montreal. Brian, thanks for doing this, man. I always appreciate you coming on. Always great to be with you, uh, Thank Tony, you. and enjoy the draft. Thank you. There you have it. Brian Wild, Marinaro, tell your friends about the Sick Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter at the Sick Podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. Tell your friends, say, hey, the sick podcast, the guy who does it, that guy's really sick, and you won't be wrong. Have a great day. Summer off. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you.